2: What's up, Raider Nation? Welcome into Wednesday's edition of the Locked Lockdown Raiders Podcast, September 29th, 2021. Your boy Q here as always. You know, you can find me, as many of you do, on Twitter, at your boy Q254. I put out a link to the show each and every day, so if you're ever looking for an episode of the show or whatever, you could always go to my Twitter page and find it again, at your boy Q254. You also could always chime in on the show, something that you heard, something that you want to say, something that you're feeling, or just whatever. Maybe you just want to call in and say, what's up, 707. Uh, 707- Seven six five four four six nine three. That's the Lockdown Raider Podcast voicemail line. I'd like to thank everyone for making the Lockdown Raiders Podcast your first listen each and every day. Remember that you can find the Lockdown Raiders Podcast free and available on all platforms. That's the Locked On Raiders podcast. Appreciate all the support. Before I get into today's show, I did want to pass along some news uh, about one of our family members that listened to the show here of the Locked On Raiders podcast. Uh, got a text from my guy James in KC. He said, hey Q, this is James from KC. I'd like to ask all of our brothers and sisters of Raider Nation to please say a prayer for my brother Henry in Modesto. He's a loyal pod listener who's losing his fight with the big C. He has a wife and two kids. If each and every one of us could please say a prayer for him, it will help. Thank you so much. Again, that's from James and KC. And just a quick story. They've been listening to the show. And when I say they, I mean James and KC and his brother Henry and Modesto have been listening to the podcast for a very long time, ever since I got started about four seasons ago. So uh, when I saw that message, I definitely wanted to make sure I passed that along. And again, like he said, man, we are family. We're brothers and sisters. That's how I've always made sure that this podcast rolled, uh, no matter if you agree with me disagree with me it doesn't matter if you agree with a listener a caller a texter it doesn't matter we're still family at the end of the day so anytime that somebody is hurting we're all hurting for them and we're all there rooting for them and praying for them and, and having their backs. so uh, shout out to brother henry and modesto hope he's uh you know doing the very best he can and know that all prayers are definitely with him so uh, definitely want to make sure i pass that along to our raider nation family now, coming up on today's show, segment number three, your calls and texts straight off that Lockdown Raider podcast voicemail line. Again, the number is 707-654-4693. Got a ton of feedback there. Uh, coming up is segment number two, I was kind of uh, in between different Subjects that I wanted to talk about. I had a couple subjects I wanted to talk about. I also had a Jim Plunkett interview that I want to play uh, that I did on Raider Nation Radio 920 on Tuesday. A really good interview. So I ultimately decided that that's what I'm going to roll with. That's how I'm going to go. But uh, I'll tell you, man, I was at the Las Vegas Aces game on uh, on Tuesday night uh, in uh, Mandalay Bay. Uh, it's a playoff game against the Phoenix Mercury, and it was awesome. And there was so much support from the Raiders. I could have really gone on in segment number two and just talked about all the support from the Raiders talked about all the stars that were in the building and talked about how electric Las Vegas could be. If the Raiders go and handle their business, how crazy this season could actually get at Allegiant Stadium. I thought about going in that direction, but decided that, hey, that Jim Plunkett interview, I'm sure that you'd probably want to hear that. Uh, I thought it was a lot of really good stuff, not only talking about the game with uh, against Miami, but also talking about the Hall of Fame, talking about Coach Tom Flores, talking about his time with the 49ers. I mean, there was a lot of good stuff to unpack, so I'm going to do that in segment number two. And then segment number one, news and notes of the day and and I'll tell you before I even jump into the news and notes of the day as I mentioned all the Raiders that were in attendance at the Aces playoff game on Tuesday night I mean I'm talking about a lot of players Max Crosby, Darren Waller, Foster Moreau, Carl Nassib, KJ Wright, Quentin Jefferson, Henry Ruggs, Keyshawn Nixon, John Simpson, Brian Edwards, Casey Hayward, Jalen Richard, Brandon Parker, Peyton Barber, Kenyon Drake, Zay Jones, Jonathan Abram, and of course, Marcel Reese and owner Mark Davis. They were all in attendance, all sitting courtside. And that was just the Raiders that were in attendance. I mean, this is this is crazy, man. I've said it before on this podcast how amazing the Aces games are and how, how great the atmosphere is, but man, just to see all the silver and black in attendance supporting their sisters, the Las Vegas Aces, also owned by Raider owner Mark Davis, just thought that that was really cool to see that, but that wasn't all, Raider Nation. Uh, there was m- multiple members of the Utah Jazz, like Donovan Spider Mitchell, he was there, Royce O'Neal, Jordan Clarkson, uh, probably about three or four more uh, Utah Jazz members. They're uh, they're actually in Las Vegas right now kind of training and, and getting prepared for the upcoming season together. And then, oh by the way, some guy named Dwayne Wade, he was in the house too. You may have heard of him. He was kind of good. <laughs> right? They were all in the building. That was just game one of the playoff uh, run that the Aces are are preparing for, and they're a really damn good team. They won that game against the Mercury. They'll play again on Thursday. I was just glad to be in attendance, and man, I'll tell you, if you're going to be in Las Vegas, you're going to live in Las Vegas, and you're going to cover sports in Las Vegas, you might as well buckle up and just go and do it all because, man, there's a lot to do, and uh, that was a lot of fun being there at the Aces game, and that only makes me know and makes me feel so good about if the Raiders go and handle their business, and I get it, man. That was a WNBA game compared to an NFL game, but if they go and handle their business, man, the stars and the folks that are going to be flocking to Vegas to see them play, and the way Raider Nation is going to be just uh, having Allegiant Stadium packed and electric, that atmosphere, I'm telling you, just the fans, not even the stars that were at the Aces game, they were so loud and got so fired up during the game that I'm telling you, Allegiant Stadium is going to be on and popping. We've already seen a small sample size, but man, the more and more the Raiders win, the deeper they go into the season, and if they really, if they were to host a playoff game, man, I don't even want to get that far ahead of myself because I'm just getting I'm getting excited and fired up just thinking about that. But I'll tell you right now, just from that experience I had on Tuesday night at the Aces game, Raider Nation, you will be proud to be at Allegiant Stadium and supporting the Silver and Black because, man, you are not going to be alone. You're going to have a lot of Raider Nation right there with you, uh, being loud, being proud, cheering that team on. So please believe it's going to be a very fun experience as the Raiders have their new home in Las Vegas. Also wanted to go over the depth chart real quickly. The Raiders released that on Tuesday as they prepare for week four of the NFL season. Uh, There's not really a whole lot of changes. And this is just kind of, like I said, I've said it before, a rough draft. It's really just kind of what they go into the game looking like, but not necessarily what it's going to be like, if that makes a whole lot of sense. Of course, uh, later on today, we'll find out the injury report, the first injury report of the week. We'll also get one on Thursday and Friday. And then, boom, we'll get the official who's in, who's out on Monday. But just going through the, the depth chart real quick, looking at the offensive line, left tackle Colton Miller, Brandon Parker right behind him. Of course, he's a swing tackle. Left guard John Simpson with Jordan Simmons right behind him. Center Andre James, Nick Martin right behind him. Uh, right guard Jermaine Illuminor with Jordan Simmons right behind him. Right tackle Alex Leatherwood with then Jackson Barton right behind him as his backup. Uh, the tight end position Darren Waller, tight end one, Foster Moreau and then Derek Carrier with Nick Bowers coming in fourth. Uh, the wide is Henry Ruggs with Zay Jones behind him. The other wide receiver, Brian Edwards, Hunter Renfro, and Willie Sneed. Uh, quarterback, Derek Carr, Nate Peterman. Running back, Josh Jacobs, Kenyon Drake, Peyton Barber. And that is one of those that you just kind of got to put an asterisk there because John Gruden earlier in the week said they'd like to get Josh Jacobs on the grass. He doesn't know if they're going to be able to, but that's what it looks like right now. And also, I'll say, uh, don't really take that to be, you know, like the Bible, because Kenyon Drake, he was out of the game quite a bit on Sunday, and Peyton Barber was the guy that was getting the majority of the carries. Uh, Kenyon Drake wasn't really getting too many carries. He's not really uh, been hitting the hole very explosive, as far as I'm concerned, not running between the tackles very well. As far as I'm concerned right now, Kenyon Drake is kind of, he's kind of just a guy catching passes out of the backfield, and who knows if Jalen Richard returns this week or just returns to practice this week. So that's also something to pay attention to. The fullback, of course, is Alec Ingold. Defensively, uh, the, the defensive line, unique in Gakway with Carl Nassib behind him and Malcolm Kuntz. Malcolm Koontz is a guy expected to get some burn uh, this season in his rookie year. Thought he was going to get, you know, three or four sacks, four or five sacks or whatever, just kind of contribute. Really hasn't had an opportunity to get out there on the field. So uh, it's early in the season, so he still has plenty of time to go out there and contribute, but haven't seen too much from Malcolm Koontz. The, the nose tackle position, Jonathan Hankins with Darius Phylon right behind him. Defensive tackle, you got Quentin Jefferson or Solomon Thomas, and then Damian Squares behind them. Defensive end, Max Crosby, followed by Cleve Ferrell Strong side linebacker, K.J. Wright. Now, he didn't get a lot of burn in Sunday's game. He only got about 9 to 10 snaps. And the thing about that is Divine Diablo was actually in the field or on the field quite a bit on Sunday, playing multiple roles, going from the safety to the linebacker position. So for some reason, Divine Diablo was a guy that they decided that they wanted to go to more than K.J. Wright. So something to pay attention to, but he is listed as a starter there at the strong side linebacker. The middle linebacker, Denzel Perriman or Nick Kwiatkowski. Uh, definitely going to be Perriman as long as he's healthy, and I do believe he is. So uh, He's just been a monster so far all season long for the Raiders, so I definitely expect him to get the start, and then Kwiatkowski will uh, will come in after him. Weak side linebacker Corey Littleton, followed by Divine Diablo, a guy, like I mentioned, got uh, quite a bit of burn on Sunday playing multiple different positions. Uh, the left cornerback position, Trayvon Mullen. Right cornerback, Casey Hayward. Uh, the nickel is Nate Hobbs. Uh, uh, and then Damon Arnett is backing up Casey Hayward at that right cornerback position. Amik Robertson is also, uh, he's third in the mix as far as the left cornerback or second in the mix as far as the, the the nickel position behind Nate Hobbs. Free safety, Trayvon Merrick with Roderick Teemer and Dylan Levitt following him. And then the strong safety is Jonathan Abram and Tyree Gillespie. So uh, that's how you have it right there. That is the, the rundown of the depth chart as far as the Raiders are concerned going into week four of the season. Again, any of those can change at any time, but that's what it's looking like as of right now. And, of course, the punter, A.J. Cole, kicker, Daniel Carlson, holder, A.J. Cole, long snapper, Trent Sieg, kick returner, Kenyon Drake, followed by Henry Ruggs, punt returner, Hunter Renfro, followed by Henry Ruggs as well. Now, I wanted to pass along a couple nuggets that I collected on Tuesday. One, Brother Marquise in the 305, Red Miami one time. He actually sent me this nugget that came from the Athletic. He said, uh, as far as the Raiders and their offense goes, he said their 23 plays of 20-plus yards ranked first. Their 21 completions of 20-plus yards, ranked first. Their 59 plays of 10-plus yards, ranked first. In their win against the Dolphins, the Raiders produced 10 plays of 20-plus yards. That's tied for the most by any offense in a single game over the past five years. And Derek Carr, his passing grade on 20-plus yard throws, according to Pro Football Focus, is 96.2. Also, first amongst all quarterbacks and of course the conversation about Derek Carr for the longest was check down Charlie he doesn't stretch the field he doesn't have any big plays everything is a check down check down check down hoping the running back can get some extra yards well that stat right there from the athletic and pro football focus lets you know that Derek Carr and the Raiders offense is picking up some real big plays and then my final little nugget uh, has to do with SoFi Stadium uh, that Monday night football game against the Chargers and we've all been talking about the fact that it's uh, the Raiders home game in L.A., and according to Vivid Seats right now, 74% of fans attending Monday night's Raiders-Chargers game, again, this according to Vivid Seats, are Raiders fans. And look, that seems... That seems high, but then it doesn't because I expect there to be a ton of Raider Nation represented at SoFi Stadium on Monday. So it's at 74% right now. I would not be shocked if it's raised in in even more than that by the time they kick off on Monday. But as of right now, and it's only Wednesday, 74% of fans, according to Vivid Seats, going to be at the game SoFi Stadium on Monday are going to be Raider Nation. So uh, I've been getting hit up on multiple occasions by people on Twitter saying, Q, let everyone know that's going to the game on Monday Wear black, wear black, and wear black. Black out SoFi Stadium. Represent Raider Nation. Make that thing when when they're on TV, you see nothing but black jerseys. So I'm going to go ahead and pass that message along, Raider Nation. I'm being told, tell everyone to wear black. Do it like a home game because it's a home game south. Simple as that. So go ahead and make that happen. Make sure, Raider Nation, if you're in attendance at that game at SoFi Stadium, you're rocking Black, just like you would do at Allegiant Stadium, just like you would do at the Coliseum. So that's all I got for you for segment number one of today's Locked On Raiders podcast, kind of news and notes of the day. Coming up in segment number two, you'll hear my interview I did with a former Raider great quarterback, Jim Plunkett, Tuesday on Raider Nation Radio 920. Really good interview. So I wanted to pass that along. Had multiple things I wanted to talk about, but I think that interview is something that you'll really enjoy. So we'll have that coming up in segment number two. Before I get to that, though, do want to tell you about a couple of great sponsors and an app that you really need to make sure that you have and that is the get upside app everyone who buys gas needs to know about get upside all listeners of the lockdown raiders podcast they're making money making up to 25 cents per gallon every time they fill up All you got to do is download the free GetUpside app in the App Store or Google Play and do it right now. Use the promo code TOUCHDOWN and get a bonus $0.25 per gallon on your first fill-up. That's up to $0.50 cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using GetUpside. Again, download the app for free and use the promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to $0.50 per gallon cash back on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot... Are making as much as two to three hundred dollars a month in cash back, and there's absolutely no catch. The cash. The cashback gets added right to your account. You can cash out anytime to your bank account, PayPal, or an e-gift card for Amazon or other brands. All you gotta do, just download the free GetUpside app, use the promo code Touchdown to get up to 50 cents a gallon cash back on your first tank. That's touchdown. Promo code touchdown. Don't forget it. I also want to tell you about betonline.ag. And with it being football season, all eyes are on the gridiron. Betonline.ag is your number one spot for all pro and college football action all season long. They have a new updated site, a new interface, and even more odds, props, and contests. Betonline.ag continues to be the number one source for all things football head to the website right now on your mobile device or your laptop sign up today and receive 100 percent welcome bonus that's going to double your initial deposit all you got to do is use the promo code locked on football baseball ufc boxing uh, hockey's on the way vegas casino games hell nba will be back before you know it just take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season BetOnline.ag. they are the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports and you know by now At betonline.ag is your online sportsbook experts. Segment number two, my interview with Jim Plunkett, is coming up next.
0: Your Locked On Raiders, your
2: daily podcast on the Las
0: Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team. Every day,
2: all right, Raider Nation. Here we go. Segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Want to let you hear the interview that I did on Tuesday with Jim Plunkett, former Raider, great quarterback, Jim Plunkett. I talked to him each and every week following a Raiders game, and we were supposed to catch up on Monday, but we weren't able to do it. So uh, we caught up with each other on Tuesday. It was a really good conversation, and I really enjoyed it. Not only was he talking about the game, not only was he talking about the team, but he also talked about the Hall of Fame, the experience with Tom Flores as he was honored at halftime of the Raiders Miami game uh, so I think this is a really good conversation uh, for you to hear so just in case you didn't get to hear it on the radio here is my conversation with former great Raider quarterback Jim Plunkett
1: welcome back, welcome back to Unnecessary
2: roughness. Unnecessary roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920 here's your boy Q and we are back live at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center, Raiders HQ, here on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. And pleased to have now on the phone lines former Raider great quarterback Jim Plunkett. And and Plunk, we always appreciate your time kind of following up on the game that you saw on Sunday. And uh, sorry we missed you yesterday, but glad you were able to join us today. And I just want to ask, before we even get into the game, you were there for the Presentation for Coach Flores there at halftime. You were his right hand man. You gave him his Hall of Fame ring. What was that whole experience like, and, and how happy were you to be there with all your Raider brethren, uh, the ones in the Hall of Fame and others that aren't in the Hall of Fame, just to be there to honor Coach Flores?
1: Yeah, number one, was great to see my old teammates there, uh, those in the Hall of Fame and those not. Uh, we had a great run together, we had a lot of fun together, and, and uh mainly we we want a lot of ball games including two super bowls and for Tom to go into the Hall of Fame uh in front of us it was you know it was I was a great honor for me and uh, my teammates to uh, to have been there and, uh, you know, we all think it should have happened a lot sooner, but we're very proud of Tom and the job he did. You know, he kept, kept quote unquote, he kept us on the straight and narrow as we concentrated on it each and every week and, and trying to win a football game. But, uh, you know, uh, my heart goes out to Tom uh, and my congratulations. Uh, you know, he was, was an inspiration to our football team.
2: Yeah, no doubt about it. And just to see and hear all the alumni of the Raiders that were there to to honor him, and and just to see how excited he was. And, and I've been saying this that ever since he was inducted into the Hall in Canton, Ohio, it just feels like he's just been on this natural high. And as someone that is as close to Coach Flores as you are, just what has this run and what has this kind of ride been for Coach? Oh,
1: I, you know, I'm, I, you know, for me, it was for him a long time in coming. You know, we all felt it should have happened long ago. Uh, but you know, I, I mean, I think he's thrilled. Uh, you know, his background, uh, growing up in the fields in uh, in, uh, in Fresno, California, uh, becoming a, a, a you know player in the NFL and one of uh... One, an early Raider and Kansas City Chief, uh, and you know just to watch him grow and become an assistant coach, then the the head coach, taking over for uh, Coach Madden, and doing the job he did. Uh, you know, and believe me, in the old days. Some of the guys we had on that team were a little hard to control, and, and, and Tom found a way to, to handle each and every player in his own way and, and get us to concentrate on, uh, each week on, on the games we played. It was, uh, it was an honor uh, playing for uh, Coach Flores.
2: And, Plunk, I don't want to put you on the spot, but as David Baker was there, you know, down there talking with uh, Coach Flores, talking to everyone who was down there, did you guys kind of give him a little jab in the elbow and on the the, the ribs and say, hey, uh, we got a couple more Raiders that need to be in there, like Lester Hayes, like Jim Plunky. Was there any a little ribbon to, to, to David Baker?
1: Uh, not really, you know, I just uh, <laughs> talked to him briefly, but, uh, you know, I heard your intro or uh just before I came on and you know it was great to hear Lester's voice talking and and uh you know it was it was a pleasure playing with that with that man he was he was a great teammate and he was a very great player
2: Yeah, no, he was. And we had him on the show last week. He was so much fun uh, to talk to and just excited about this year's team. So let's get into the game that you saw on Sunday. The Raiders pull out an overtime victory over the Dolphins. And I wanted to ask you, especially in the first half, there was a lot of high snaps to Derek. Andre James was snapping the ball. It was going really high. So as a quarterback, how much does that throw off the rhythm of a play?
1: Well, it throws it off quite a bit. I didn't do a lot of shotgun uh, playing in my day. You know, right. we didn't have it too often. We tried it for a while, and Al wasn't uh, and Coach wasn't wasn't real happy with it. Uh, but yeah, it, it, uh, but I've done it a little bit to know enough that yeah, you you know, you're kind of looking downfield, but you have to look at the snap as well and you know you, you, you expect it to be uh, you know right between your sh- shoulder blades and uh, up front uh, in your chest area and, and if it's, it's a little off sometimes you kind of lose sight of it and you know those mistakes do happen uh, but you work on it each and every day of practice and and to get it down and fine tune it and you know more often than not you know you hadn't seen that happen too often with uh, Derek in the center there but uh, you know they'll straighten that out.
2: No doubt. Right now talking with former Raider great quarterback Jim Plunkett here on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. And um, they got off to a slow start, but they were able to, after spotting the, the uh, Dolphins a 14-point lead, they were able to get things together and ran off 25 points in a row. When you're going up against a defense that's as stingy and as tough as the Dolphins are, what, what is the mindset? Derek mentioned he he challenged Henry Ruggs and Brian Edwards in practice leading up to the game that those corners were going to be tough to go up against. What are those challenges like? What do you say to your wide receivers? in those kind of moments?
1: Well, before I say anything to the wide receivers... I say something to the offensive line. You know, we're, we're falling a little behind. Uh, you know, we're going to have to throw the ball a little more, bit more. We're going to have to hold to the uh, ball a little bit more, longer because, you know, we are behind, and gonna, they know that we're going to have to throw more. So I talked to them first, believe me, and said, I need a little bit more time. Let the receivers get down the field. Uh, and then you talk to your receivers. You know, if it's man-to-man, you know, you, you, know, you have to man, run a man-to-man out of its zone. You've got to find the hole so I can get you the football. But you're always talking. You are always encouraging your guys to... To you know, in certain situations, to do what they need to do for the receivers to get open and for the linemen to to give the quarterback a little
2: extra time. How have you seen those wide receivers, Henry Ruggs and Brian Edwards in particular, really start to mature in year two?
1: Uh, They are. You know, they're coming up with big plays. There was some great plays uh, during the course of this ball game, uh, throwing the ball down the field. You know, Derek had you know almost 500 yards of passing, and uh, you know that was that was a great uh, well. Almost 400 yards of passing, 350 yards of passing, anyway. I'm sorry. I was reading the wrong stat there. But, uh, you know, a big game. Uh, Back-to-back, he's had to put up points uh, through the air and and move the ball down the field, uh, kind of getting off to slow starts. But, um, you know, once they settled down, they were moving that football through the air. And then probably not as great a running game as they'd like, but, you know, that's going to come.
2: Yeah that's something that John Gruden has mentioned a couple times that they need to be more balanced they need to get that running attack going of course Josh Jacobs has been out but Peyton Barber I mean you want to talk about a guy stepped in he's only been with the team about 30 days if that and uh, all of a sudden he steps in and gets 111 yards rushing and a touchdown Uh, how impressed were you with just him being able to get in there fill that void and keep on trying even though it wasn't going well at first but to keep it going and then finally break through.
1: Well, you know, you, know, you know, in football, as they always say it's next man up, and he came in and did a great job. Uh, like I said, a slow start, or like you said, a slow start, but all of a sudden, you know, they, uh, they started opening those holes. He made the right cuts uh, and picked up, uh, you know, the necessary yardage uh, when he could. And, and he did a great job, broke some tackles. I was very impressed with
2: the way he played. You know, there's always been conversations about the Raiders of old and, and your teams that you played on that you guys never gave up. You were always in the fight. It didn't matter what the score was. You know, you could never leave a Raider game early because uh, there's always a chance that they were going to come back and win those games. And two overtime games so far at home, and they've been able to pull them out, and it's, it's been a roller coaster affair. Some people will call it a heart attack style, but uh, they, they found a way to pull it out. What, what have you learned about this team through three weeks?
1: Well you know exactly what you said you know they they're they're they're, they're going to find a way somewhere along the line. Uh, maybe they might be struggling uh, at one point in the game, whether it's early or in the middle or or late in the game, but you know these guys experienced quarterback on offense, a good solid defense uh you know they find a way to get the job done, and that's all you can ask from these guys uh you know they're they're in a little trouble, it's third and twenty, say uh, and Derek will hold the ball a little bit longer and and hopefully try and find a uh, receiver down the field defensively when they have to make a stop uh they've been very successful in doing that and getting turnovers when it when it's uh you know really really important and the game is in the in their hands um you know all right now you know they seem to be working on all cylinders uh at any given time during the course of a ball game and and I think that makes a big difference and you know the defense makes a good play the offense you know perks up and vice versa uh you know they're working together very very well.
2: Talking right now with Jim Plunkett here on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio, nine twenty. And you know, every single time that Raider Nation was called upon to get loud on Sunday, they did. They they were extremely loud. Now there was Miami fans there, and they were loud as well. But Raider Nation really kind of showed out on Sunday. Uh, how much energy do you as a player get when you hear that crowd pumped up like that, like they were on Sunday?
1: Hey, you never underestimate the power of a crowd, mm. and when you can hear them behind you, uh, getting behind your team and. Uh, cheering you on uh you know it's a great feeling and you know in a sense you you, you know you want to play well for your players but you also want to play well for your fans and that's just something that happens naturally when you hear that crowd roar. And, uh, you know, I think uh, having that kind of backing from your, from your fans uh, is very helpful in winning some, some very big football games.
2: How, how much can, can the fan base affect the game, especially when, you know, like Miami's on, on offense and it's 4th and 20 or whatever it is, 4th and 15, and all of a sudden that crowd just gets pumped up. How much can that affect the, the, what the defense does as well?
1: Well, hopefully it does. You know, they can't hear their signals well. Mm -hmm. Uh, They're bound to make a mistake uh, somewhere along the line because of all the crowd noise. You know, never underestimate the power of the fans, believe me.
2: No, it really, it it was nice to see. It was great to hear. Uh, I think that they really are doing a great job of affecting the crowd, and this Allegiant Stadium is a beautiful place, beautiful facility, and so uh, Raider Nation is really getting uh, a treat. We're talking right now with Jim Plunkett here on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. This week, uh, it's it's Charger Week. You know, it's going to be a trip down to L.A., SoFi Stadium, which uh, many of Raider Nation saying that it's the home away from home. Uh, This is a huge game, Jim. What are your thoughts on on this game as far as just the Chargers and and the way that they just  – Knocked off Kansas City. What would it mean if the Raiders can go to SoFi and pick up a W?
1: Oh, obviously that would be great, you know. Uh, And they're going to be they're going to be prepared. They're going to go in that game, uh, you know, knowing what the Charges bring. uh, uh, And that that was a very impressive win they had over the uh, Kansas City Chiefs, scoring 30 points against a very good defense, but also holding Kansas City at only 24 points. You know that that's that's a pretty good effort by that defense. but you know I expect the Raiders to you know to, to take a, a working uh, kind of role in, in it and do their job first uh, the big plays will come and they'll and they'll be looking for those plays down the football field and you know the Chargers have not given up a whole lot of of yardage uh, defensively but uh, or a lot of points I should say right. but uh you know, uh, I think the Raiders and, and uh, Derek Carr and those receivers will fi- find ways to get open down the football field.
2: I know you can only take games one week at a time, one game at a time. I mean, you cannot look forward at all. But, I mean, you get off to a 3-0 and start. You play some really tough teams to get off to that start. You're right. A- at yeah. some point, do you feel like, hey, you know what, do you start to feel that this team can start to be special?
1: Uh, yes, you do. I don't think there's any doubt about that. And you know, and, and, in these three weeks, they have been special, very, very good opponents. And each and every week, they they were up to the task, whether it be offensively or defensively. And you start feeling pretty good about yourself. But you can't take anything for granted. You got to continue with the same intensity at practice. Uh, uh, that you carry into the game, and you know that that'll carry them a long way, and then you have to make the big play when it's necessary uh, you know sit and long, come up with a, a play to to convert if you have to defensively make a stand uh, you know those are the kinds of things that uh, once you you know you get confidence you can do them they, they tend to occur more often.
2: No doubt about it. Talking right now with Jim Plunkett here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness, live from the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. Before we let you go, but we had a caller call in, Papa Meach. He called in and said, hey, can you ask Plunk, can you ask him about his time with the 49ers and then when they make the move, the Raiders make the move to bring you in, what was going through your mind and how blessed were you to, to, to arrive with the Silver and Black?
1: Well, believe me, uh, you know, having been a starter by almost my entire life, you know, in New England first and then San Francisco and then being cut, you know, that was the lowest point in my career, without question. Uh, and uh, the next day, uh, my uh, attorney calls me, Wayne Hooper, and says, well, "You know, I've got a call for you, and it's uh, from Mr. Davis, and uh, uh, he wants to talk to you about possibly joining their football team." And uh, you know, I, w- I wasn't even sure I wanted to continue playing football. You know, mm. it was just uh, those last uh, uh, years uh, in San Francisco were very, very tough on me, and I was very depressed and. Uh, but he, uh, you know one of the things that Al told me says you know what you know you obviously you're not going to be a starter when you come we, you know we've already have a quarterback but uh, you know we're you know you're gonna find a way to, to get on this football team and and uh, you know be an impact player for us offensively uh, we've seen you play we have confidence in you uh, it's just that the situation you've been in uh, over the last few years has been very rough on you and uh, anyway uh, you know mr. Davis you know, probably talk me out of retirement at that point after seven years so, you know, I'm very grateful to uh, Mr. Davis and, and his family.
2: And the rest is history. <laughs> you bet.
1: You bet. It, was, it was very fortunate for me, believe me.
2: Right. That's awesome. Well, we're, we're glad that uh, Mr. Davis made that call. We're glad that you decided not to retire and that you stuck around and you and you went and did what you did and, and led some really great Raider teams. And so, uh, Jim, as always, each and every week, we appreciate you uh, joining the show and talking about what you saw from the game before. And I look forward to talking to you not next Monday because that's when it's game day, but we'll talk on Tuesday and, and hopefully be talking Talking about another Raider victory. You bet. Looking forward to it. So there is my conversation right there with Jim Plunkett. Hopefully you enjoyed it again each and every week. I get a chance to talk to him following the game and just uh, get his thoughts on it, what he's seeing from the team, especially on the offensive side of things, Derek Carr and the wide receivers. You heard him talk about Brian Edwards and Henry Ruggs growing up. Uh, I like that. I I like being able to to just talk about certain aspects of the game and him being able to talk about from a player standpoint, a guy who's been there, done that. So hopefully you enjoyed that conversation. I know I enjoy talking to them each and every week. So coming up in segment number three, your calls and texts straight off that Lockdown Raider podcast voicemail line, 707-654-4693. That is the number. Before I get to that, though, I do want to tell you about Bilt Bar. And we've been talking about Built Bar for a very long time. And I always tell you about the limited time flavors, right? Uh, For the longest, not the longest, probably two or three days, Cookie Dough Chunk was available. Well, now there's a brand new one that's available that I've never even tried. How about Cherry Lime? I've never had cherry lime, but there's some pretty good reviews on it as I was doing a little bit of research. Uh, How about this one? I really love that you could taste both the cherry and the lime, and they go so well together. Uh, Another one says, this bar is just bursting with flavor. Uh, Another one says, my new favorite bar. Another one says, it tastes like a Starburst. Remember those old school Starburst candies? That's what they said this one tastes like. So, BuiltBar.com, limited time flavor. It is cherry lime. So, check it out if you like. Try it if you like. Let me know if you like it or not. I'm sure you will because Well Built Bar makes a fantastic protein bar. Uh, it's not something that uh, is bad for you. It's not a, a candy bar, but it may look like one. It may smell like one. It may make you feel like you're eating one but you're having a protein bar, so it's really good for you. So check them out today, BuiltBar.com. Of course, they have the OG flavors, nine of them right now to choose from you can get, or you can go and get that limited-time flavor. Again, it's Cherry Lime. Check them out, BuiltBar.com. Use that promo code LOCK15 and get hooked up with 15% off your order at BuiltBar.com. Segment number three, it's on the way.
0: You're Locked On Raiders, your daily
2: podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders.
0: Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team is... Every day.
2: Here we go, Raider Nation, segment number three of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Your time for your calls and texts straight off that Locked On Raider podcast. Voicemail line 707 654 4693. Let's start things off with Joe from KC, now in the ATL. He's calling to talk about the offense and how he feels they're a pretty complete unit. He's going to break it down why. Here he is, Joe from KC, now in the ATL.
0: Yo, what up, Q? This is Joe, formerly at KC, currently at ATL. Just wanted to chime back in real quick and, uh, Touch on the offense one more time. Man, I, in my opinion, I believe we have the most complete offense in the league Uh in terms of, you know, whatever you're looking for. We have a quarterback who is accurate, has a big arm. We have a guy that can stretch the field better than probably 98% of the uh wide receivers in the league and Henry Ruggs. We got a big body uh receiver that can uh go up and get it and uh out muscle you in uh Brian Edwards. We got a nasty slot and um in Hunter Renfro. We have the do it all tight end slash mega wide receiver in Darren Waller. We have a versatile fullback, we have a dynamic runner in Jacobs, we have a Great um receiving back in King Drake um we got a uh reserve guy in uh Zay, uh Zay Jones who kind of embodies all of those different aspects that you are looking for in a receiver. Um man, we we have we have the most complete offense in the league. Um my thing with that is we just have to we got to play like we do. And by that, I mean Gruden's play calling. Like, you can't necessarily be conservative, man. Like, like I said before, this is 2021. You have to u- utilize your offense to its fullest uh, capacity. And I honestly believe that's when Derek Carr that is at his best. When he has his foot on the gas, keep your foot on the gas, Gruden. Let's make it happen, man. You got the most complete offense in the league. Act like it. Ready to throw out.
2: There he goes. Great call, my man. I appreciate you. And in theory, on paper, you're right. The backs, you mentioned Jacobs and Drake, they haven't been available or used a lot. Drake, he hasn't even been good running the ball. He's really been the guy receiving, but uh, he's missed a few blocks. He's not hitting the hole strong. So Peyton Barber's been the guy. He's been the go-to guy. And Jacobs has missed the last two games. So uh, the offensive line, it needs to improve to allow Carter to take advantage of everything you just said. Uh, They got to find a way to establish a run game, similar to what I was talking about on Tuesday's show. But uh, those running backs, man, they really got to get things cooking and hopefully get gets started with the return of Josh Jacobs because I do believe they need him in a major way so thank you so much for that call I do appreciate you Next up, got a text from Gary, aka Jersey Shore. Hey, Q, this is Gary, aka Jersey Shore Raider. Just wanted to reach out and say thanks for taking the time to talk to my wife and I at the Rockstar Bar this Saturday. It was a pleasure to meet you and your wife and your daughter. Your family's so nice. Also, thanks for introducing me to Hondo and Zachariah. They were so cool to talk to. I also want to express my feelings about the Raiders' new stadium. Raider Nation, if you get the chance to go to a game, I definitely recommend it. The stadium was absolutely gorgeous. It was such an exciting game, and I hope to to see you cube the next time we come out for a game and my wife said to say that the offer still stands if you come to the giant game in November we've got plenty of room be well and God bless go Raiders that's from Gary aka Jersey Shore Raider and thank you so much for that text my man and yeah it was really cool to hang out with you uh and it was hang it was great to hang out with a lot of Raider Nation at the Rockstar Bar and Grill uh here in Las Vegas a lot of fun as we do that before every single home game so Gary and his wife were out there and uh, they're from the New York area, so uh, I'm thinking about it still. I haven't decided on what I'm going to do with the Giants game. Hell, I haven't decided what I'm going to do with Monday's game. <laughs> so uh, I'm working on it, though, Gary, so I definitely appreciate you, and I will say uh, I second that motion on if you get a chance to go to Allegiant Stadium and check out that place, you got to go. It's just a great place, great venue to go watch a game. Soak it in, Raider Nation. That is your new home, so you deserve to go check it out. Uh, thank you for that text, my man. I appreciate you. Uh next up I got a call from Raider Russell a quick one. He's in Tampa Bay. He's calling to talk about the 3 and 0 Raiders and he's pretty pumped up. Here he is, Raider Russell in Tampa Bay.
3: Q Raider Russell from Tampa Bay. Raiders. Great win. Don't want to hear about the negativity and the errors of it. Just win, baby. That's just the way it is. Young team, but they're winning. What are we gonna see when these team offense, defense, and special team all clicking, when all
0: running on all cylinders? Man, that team's gonna be breathtaking. Raiders three and o, four and o coming up when they play against the San Diego. That's right, still in my mind. San Diego Chargers.
3: That's where they belong, cause L.A. belongs to the
1: Raiders.
2: Raiden Russell out. There he goes. Really good stuff. Raider Russell. Way to get fired up, my man. I can appreciate your energy and I can appreciate your passion. Good call. Very good call, as a matter of fact. Next up, I got a text from Keegan in Vancouver, Washington. What up, Q? It's Keegan from Vancouver, Washington. It's really hard not to start predicting playoffs after three wins, but this team is definitely different in every aspect, and it can get a lot better. Coming into this game, I'm wondering if guys like Hayward and Perryman are going to have huge games because they came from the Chargers. Either way, it's our game. Raiders. That's from Keegan in Vancouver, Washington. And I'll tell you, man, uh, I'm not trying to toot my own horn because I'm not that guy. But everything that we were saying in training camp, everything we were seeing leading up to the beginning of the season about this team just felt different, it's starting to come to fruition. Now, again, they've got a long way to go. It's only three wins. They're 3-0. and I get it. But you could see why we were all excited as guys that were covering the team, myself, Vinny Bonsignor, you know, Vic Taffer, all those guys that were out there, they could just get a sense that – Something was different about this team, and you're starting to see what we were talking about throughout the course of the season. Again, it's a small sample size. They got a lot of work to do, but I feel good now knowing that I wasn't falling for a banana in the tailpipe. There was actually something there, and right now the, the Raiders are showing that hey yeah there is something here we could be a special team that's what they're saying right now and we'll see what happens but uh it's a great start to get off to so i appreciate you next up i got a call from rahul in seattle he's calling to talk about my thoughts on the running game and how it needs to be established here he is rahul in seattle
3: hey
0: q this is rahul from
3: seattle uh just calling about your comments regarding the run game uh you mentioned that uh that we have to establish the running game and and, uh, that we can't just keep throwing for 400 yards a game. And, you know, while that's true, uh, it's also true that, uh, a lot of good teams can still win games even if they aren't running the ball. I mean, if you look at the stats, you'll see teams like the Rams, the Bucks, the Packers, you know, a lot of good teams with good offenses with a lot of low running numbers. And, you know, I think in our case, we, we tried to establish the run. Teams know we're going to try to establish the run. They shut us down. We lose a couple of drives trying to establish the run. Uh, I think we are the kind of offense, especially given our O-line issues, that we need to use the pass to set up the run, similar to what we did against Miami. You know, we had them. uh, You know, we threw for a lot of yards against them, and by the end of the game, they started wearing down a little bit, and then the runs even started to be effective. So I think the way our offense is structured, we're basically a true West Coast offense. We throw the ball a lot. We throw a lot of underneath roots. Uh, we try to go deep every so often. And then we ultimately use the pass to set up the run later in the game as either a surprise play, a draw play, or uh, in the situation where, uh, you know, we got we know we got their defense on the ropes and then we can start using the run. So I'm not really of the opinion that we should just run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, especially in the stacked boxes, uh, and then end up in 2nd and 12, third and 15, you know, situations where we're basically warming up A.J. Cole. So... I don't know. I think we should pass, 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 and then use the run later in the game as either a surprise play or once they start getting uh, worn down and start giving them up. One love Q. you.
2: There he goes. That's Rahul in Seattle. And look, I agree with you. You know, you can win games without having a run game. I talked about that on Tuesday's show. There's teams that do it. You mentioned some of the teams that do it. No doubt about it. The Raiders have been doing it. But for multiple reasons, I say that you know, you got to get that run game established. I mean, Carr could sling it. He's shown that he could sling it all around the yard. Uh, but you also don't want him to get drilled. The way the offensive line is, is holding up or not holding up, uh, you, the more you drop him back, the more chances he takes of getting drilled. And right now, Raider Nation, that's the one guy who can't be getting drilled. That's the guy that you need to be out there healthy. You need him out there each and every play. You cannot afford to lose Derek Carr. Um, Der- John Gruden's mentioned it before. The offense needs to be balanced. You know, the run's never going to be a surprise in a John Gruden offense. Everyone knows that John Gruden wants to run the Rock. And I don't really care how you establish the run. It doesn't really matter. I don't care if you do it to begin the game or you, you build yourself up to it. I don't care. But they've got to have more games where they're getting uh, contributions in the run game like they did on Sunday against Miami. And I know it wasn't really until the second half, but they've got to they've be able to do something. The, the offensive line's got to be able to block a little bit better. The backs have got to hit the hole a little bit harder. That's why Peyton Barber's in the game. You know, because Kenyon Drake wasn't hitting the holes. And Josh Jacobs, they really need to get him back. He's the bell cow. They can have that three-headed monster. Maybe Jalen Richard as well. Who knows? If they can have that three-headed monster, uh, then maybe they'll have a little bit of an opportunity. But they've got to continue to try to run the rock. I mean, one way or the other, they've got to get it done. Uh, I'm not saying they have to go over 100 yards every single game to win, but... They've got to at least be a threat that they can hand the ball off at any time and get positive yards. So thank you so much for that call. I appreciate you. We're basically saying the same thing. I think you're just getting to it a different way than I'm getting to it. But either way, uh, I think everyone knows that you do have to run the ball, at least be able to run the ball a little bit more than what you've seen from the Raiders. Uh, at least two out of three weeks, uh, Miami was, uh, was a lot better, but it's still, it's still a work in progress and could still be even better than that. So thank you so much for that call. I do appreciate you. And my final text of the show is going to come from Raider760. He says, Q, this is Raider760. I got two things to ask about. One, see how much winning cures all. If we weren't 3-0, we'd be calling Leatherwood another miss, saying Derek Carr isn't the guy, and how our free agent pickups were wasted. Perriman's balling. And two, should the Raiders be looking to trade a third or fourth round pick for an offensive line help before the deadline? Your thoughts. Uh, thank you so much from that, Raider760. Appreciate the text. And, uh, yeah, winning cures everything. Winning makes everything a whole lot better. It's the best type of perfume to cover up any stink It's just winning. (laughs) You know, I mean, the Raiders have not been a a well-oiled machine. They have not played a perfect game yet, but they're still winning. So all is good. Now, I'm not saying they're just going to rest on that and just roll with it. No, they're going to continue to fight and continue to get better, but it's pretty nice to be able to continue to get better and work on your team and be, still be sitting there at 3-0. and uh, As far as trading a third fourth-round pick for an offensive line help, I don't really see that. I know there's a couple guys out there that are free agent, uh, available guys, like a, a Forrest Lamp. I know he's out there available. Apparently he's 100% healthy now. Maybe that's a guard that they look into. Or maybe they have some guys uh, deeper on the roster that they feel like that they're, they're comfortable in. I'm not too sure, but – uh, you got to pay attention and monitor that offensive line because they definitely need to continue to work on that thing. I believe that they think that Richie Incognito is going to be able to come back after two more games and be able to play. Uh, we'll see. It's kind of uh, it's kind of risky when you put all your eggs in one basket of a 38 year old man coming off an Achilles injury and now he's dealing with the calf injury. So uh, we'll see what they do with that situation. But I do believe they're really. Uh, reserving their, their hope that uh, Richie Incognito comes back and is able to contribute. So thank you so much for that text, man. I do appreciate you. And that's all I got time for on today's show. Matter of fact, I'm already over time. So coming up on tomorrow's show, we'll have the crossover edition, talking all things Raiders, talking all things Chargers, David uh host of Locked On Chargers. Uh, he'll join me on the show for sure. And we'll be breaking down this week four matchup at SoFi Stadium, Monday Night Football. That'll be on the show. We'll have news and notes of the day, and maybe we'll even be able to squeeze in a couple calls and texts as well. We'll see how it all shakes out, but until then, Raider Nation, stay safe, take care of your family, do what you got to do, and most importantly, as always, just win, baby.